Welcome everybody. Thank you for joining us online. Thank you for the privilege of coming into your homes through your devices. If today's your first time, my name is Ben, one of the pastors here, and we are just delighted, thrilled to have you join us. Today we're going to hit the subject of anxiety head on once again with part two of our series, Anxious for Nothing. We actually planned this series, uh, for this four-week series, last fall before the coronavirus because anxiety had become so pervasive and epidemic in our culture. Now, anxiety can be complicated. It can be physical, chemical sometimes. And I wanna say this again because it's very important. There is a form of anxiety that is so severe that getting professional, professional help either through therapy or medication is absolutely appropriate. God gave us doctors and medicine for certain situations. And so don't be embarrassed or reluctant to seek that kind of help. Uh, get some medical help if you need it. Some anxiety is emotional, some is circumstantial, but I would argue that anxiety is not just physical or emotional or circumstantial, but there is also a deeply spiritual component to anxiety. And that's the side that I wanna talk about. Now, if you missed last weekend, I encourage you to go back and watch it on our website because this series builds each week. You're not gonna to get to the end of one of these weeks and go, that's all I need to know about anxiety, problem solved. No, it's all four weeks combined. So if you want to be anxious about something, be anxious about missing any week of this series. Today we continue walking through Philippians chapter 4, where the Apostle Paul, awaiting execution in a Roman prison, says something surprising. Here's what he says. Do not be anxious about anything. Now, we learned last week that Paul is not saying never be anxious because he wrote this verse in the present active tense. And so Paul is saying there's a way to live where you don't have to carry anxiety day after day, week after week, month after month. Max Lucado puts it brilliantly in his book when he says the presence of anxiety is unavoidable, but the prison of anxiety is optional. And that's what we're learning in this series, not how to never feel anxious. We all feel it sometimes. We're human. We're learning how to step outside of the prison of anxiety day after day after day. In verses four through eight, Paul gives us the blueprint for moving from anxiety to peace, from anxiety to calm. And so just like last week, I wanna start by reading all five verses to you because by the end of this series, I hope that you have these verses almost memorized. And then we'll focus on one particular verse for today. From prison, about to be executed by Nero, Paul, who has every right to be anxious, tells us, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Last week, we focused on verses four and five. Rejoice in the Lord always, I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And so the first thing we do to move from anxiety to peace is not to rejoice in everything bad that happens to us, the heartbreaks, the loneliness, the grief, the defeats, but to celebrate or rejoice in the Lord and that he's near. And we said last week, peace is found living between the pillars of trusting in God's goodness and trusting in God's control. This is the safe zone. Think about it. If you believe God is good, but not in control, you'll always try to take control. If you believe God is in control, but not good, 
you'll always distrust him. But when you position yourself here, this allows you to relax, trusting in God's control and remembering that God is near, God is with you. Once you remember who God is, then you're ready to take the next step in dealing with anxiety. Today, we're gonna focus on one verse, verse six, where Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. Do you know what this word every means? It literally means each, every, any, and all. And so this applies to everything you might be anxious about, even a pandemic. In every situation, Paul says, here's your next step. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Paul tells us so clearly, when you're anxious, go to God and ask for help through prayer. Two weeks ago, I had a, a light come on my dashboard on my car. Have you ever had that annoying uh, check engine light come on in your car? It causes anxiety because you don't know if it's gonna be a little problem or a big problem. And so I took my car to an expert, a mechanic, and asked for help. Fortunately, it was a little problem. But none of us would go to a mechanic and say, hey, would you just turn that light off? I just want to ignore that light so that I'm not thinking about it anymore. No, because the light on your dashboard is not the problem. The light tells us that it's time to take our car to someone who has expertise to know how to address the deeper issue. Listen, anxiety is like a check engine light alerting you that it would be wise for you to go to the expert, to your creator, to the one who made you and to ask for help through prayer. In other words, if it's big enough for you to worry about, it's big enough for you to pray about. And here's what you discover. Peace is found on the path paved with prayer. So can I ask you, when you feel anxious, is God the first person that you turn to for help? Or do you turn to someone else or to something else? Maybe food, TV, alcohol, drugs, pornography, to try and get your mind off of it. For many of us, if we're honest, and this happens, this is true many times in my own life, prayer is often our last option instead of our first response. And so today may be the hardest but most helpful message in this series for some of us. And here's why. Some of us may have given up on prayer for anxiety because we don't think it works. I mean, don't you think I try, I've tried prayer, Ben? And I tried, but it didn't help. Or maybe you're just tired of Christians telling you, just pray, pray harder. Because you did and nothing changed and you got frustrated. If that's you, I wanna challenge you for a moment. If prayer doesn't work for anxiety, why would Paul tell us to use it? If you're frustrated with prayer or if it just hasn't helped you or if you've given up on prayer, I want you to stay with me today because this single verse teaches us a way to pray specifically for anxiety. Could it be there's a way to pray that has greater power over anxiety than you realize, but maybe you're not taking advantage of it. So let's look deeper at this verse on anxiety where Paul gives us like a secret on how to pray for anxiety. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, and then I want you to notice these three words I've highlighted here. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Here's what's really interesting. All three of these words, prayer, petition, and request, all three of them are synonyms for prayer in the original language, but they're actually a little bit different. So why do you think Paul gives three words for prayer? Why not just one word? I believe it's because Paul wants us to move through a progression in our prayer life to the point where we get really specific. The first word prayer refers to our approach to prayer. It means, I know you can help me, God. The second word petition means requesting help. God, I need your help, help me. 
but we're told to present a request to God. And the word means I ask God for something definite and specific. Notice this progression when it comes to anxiety. Maybe it'd help you to see a, a visual illustration of these three words. Think of them like a target. You and I could just pray generally, God, I know that you can help me. Then you move one step closer and get a little more specific. I feel anxious. God, would you help me? But the bullseye for praying for anxiety is to tell God exactly what you're anxious about and specifically what help you need from him. But this is difficult for us to do because it, it, it takes work for us to dig and discover what am I really anxious about? And God, what do I really need your help with? Now, let me ask you, if you evaluated your prayer life, where would you put yourself on that target? To be honest, I live outside the bullseye with much of my prayer life. I can be super generic with prayer. God, help me be with my family, be with our church, help us. But until we get specific, it's going to be hard for God to, to, to help us deal with anxiety in our life. Uh, for example, how many of you have had a little child, maybe your child, maybe somebody else's child run up to you upset and crying, going, help me, help me, help me, help me. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Tell me what's wrong. With little kids, sometimes we'll say this, use your words, use your words. Because unless they get specific, we don't know how to really help them. In a marriage relationship or dating relationship, sometimes you just know by looking at your, your spouse or, or the face of your boyfriend or girlfriend or by their body language, they're upset about something. And so you say, what's wrong? And they say, nothing, nothing's wrong. But you can tell nothing means something. And so you try to dig deeper and you say, come on, tell me what's wrong. But they say, nothing. It's nothing. Let me tell you what not to say to your, to your spouse. Don't say, use your words. Okay, that's a really bad idea. But it helps in those moments to communicate specifically with each other about what the, what the real issue is because you can't really help someone with what's bothering them until they get specific. So let me ask, do you get ultra specific in your prayer life with God about why you're anxious and specifically what help you need from God? Do you know why some of us don't do that? For one, it's, it's hard because we have to dig in and, and uh, dig into our own lives a little bit, and that's uncomfortable. The second, I think sometimes we feel like things that make us anxious would be small or silly to God. Maybe you've got a situation at work or a pain in your neck and you're afraid to go to the doctor or some problem at school. But you have a heavenly father who wants to hear from you. Scripture tells us to get specific with God. If it matters to you, it matters to him because you matter to him. And then third, I think many of us have probably concluded that, you know, God already knows what I need before I even ask. So why would I need to get specific with God? But have you ever thought about it this way? Maybe you getting specific with God is for your benefit, not for God's. I want to show you a passage of scripture that I think illustrates this clearly. In Mark chapter 10, we read this story about Jesus walking through the city of Jericho. He walks by this blind man sitting by the roadside named Bartimaeus. Can you imagine the anxiety Bartimaeus must have felt? In that ancient culture, if you were blind, people thought that it meant you did something bad in your past. And so they neglected you and you didn't know where your next meal would come from. You didn't know where you would sleep. So he sits there begging, but... Then he hears Jesus is coming through and he begins to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Help me, help me, help me. But many people around him rebuke him and tell him to be quiet. But he shouts all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. He says it over and over. And this is where many of us are in our prayer life. God, help me, help me, help me, just help me. 
And so Jesus hears him and calls him over because Jesus always hears our prayers. And Bartimaeus throws his cloak aside, jumps to his feet. I picture him, maybe he's got a walking cane and reaching out to touch Jesus. Jesus, is that you? Is that you, Jesus? But look at what Jesus asked blind Bartimaeus. What do you want me to do for you? The disciples are probably like, uh, Jesus, did you not notice this guy is blind? He's like totally blind. Jesus says, no, Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus knew he was blind. I mean, when Jesus asks a question in scripture, he, he asks not for his benefit, but for the benefit of the person he's asking. He, he knows this man cannot see, but he's asking Bartimaeus to get specific. Tell me exactly what you need. I want you to articulate it. And so this blind man says, Rabbi, I want to see. That's it. I just want to see. In other words, I want you to take this specific anxiety that I have in my life, and I'm going to name it by telling you exactly what I need, Jesus. And Jesus says, okay, that's something I can work with. And Jesus heals this blind man. But don't miss the point. When Jesus asks you to get specific, it's for your benefit, not just for his. So here's the big idea I want to get in your mind today. The more you pray specifically, the more God can ease your anxiety personally. The more you pray specifically, the more God can ease your anxiety personally. Let me tell you a few of the reasons why specific prayer is powerful prayer. Some of these came from Max Lucado's book and I've added some others. First, specific prayer helps you get to the root issue. So many times when we're anxious, we don't define what we're anxious about. It's foggy and unclear. And we come to God and we're like, God, help me with my anxiety. Help me. And God's like, just tell me exactly what's going on. I mean, there's a big difference between saying, God, I'm anxious about work. I'm having a hard time at work. And saying, God, I'm anxious about this project that I'm presenting at work. I don't know if my boss and those on my team will support the direction I feel like we need to go. And this is really important, God. I'm not even worried about losing my job. I'm worried about getting rejected and looking bad in front of my peers because I've worked on this project for so long. Do you know what I'm really anxious about, God? I'm anxious about my image in front of everyone else. Okay, that's something we can work with. Or God, I'm just anxious about some of my friendships. Some of my friendships aren't going well. But what are you really anxious about? Maybe you're anxious about a friendship ending and you don't believe God's capable of bringing another good friend into your life. So maybe I don't trust you, God. Okay, that's something we can deal with. Hey, God, I'm anxious about my marriage. It's not going very well. But what are you really anxious about? Maybe you're anxious about the financial implications if this marriage doesn't work. Okay, now that's something to deal with in your heart and soul. Hey, God, I'm anxious about my body image issues. I, I, I get comparing myself with other people. But what are you really anxious about? Well, at the root of it, I, I guess I wonder if anybody will be able to love me as I am. Will a spouse ever come my way? I wonder if my spouse will continue to love me. Okay, now that's getting to the root issue and God can deal with your specific anxiety. Sometimes when you dig deeper and, and get at the root of anxiety in your heart, some of us are gonna find that what we're really anxious about, we've got some guilt and shame from our past that we've never really allowed God to deal with. Maybe some of us need to go to God about that specific issue because you're never going to be able to deal with some of your anxiety until you rely on the grace and forgiveness of God to set you free. Jesus carried that anxiety to a cross for you so that you don't have to carry it. That's why we pause and 
take communion each week. It's such a powerful reminder that God forgives all your past sin, present sin, and all of your future sin. Getting specific with God through prayer helps us get to the root issues. Here's number two. Specific prayer shows you're serious. When you get specific in prayer, you tell God how much you need him. For example, if somebody came to you after the uh, stay-at-home order gets lifted and said, hey, we should hang out sometime. How serious are they? Well, you don't know. But if somebody said, hey, can we hang out 6 p.m. Friday night at my house? I'm going to grill some steaks for us and make some strawberry shortcake for dessert. And then we'll wrap up by 8. Now you know they're serious because they got specific, right? And in our relationship with God, specific prayer tells God that we believe he can move in our life. God, here's my anxiety, and this is exactly what I need you to do. You're showing God that you're serious and you trust him. And that's a prayer God can work with because we know prayer and faith are linked together. So we pray specifically, which shows God we're serious. And it leads to number three, specific prayer grows your faith in God's goodness. When you feel anxious and pray a general blanket prayer to God, like, God, I need your help. God, help me. And then your anxiety goes away. Who do you thank? You might think it was just luck or it was me. But when you pray specifically, God, here's exactly what I need from you. And then God comes through in specific ways. You know who to thank. And you will trust God's goodness more in your life. But that only comes when you pray specifically. If you only pray general prayers, it, it probably won't lead you draw you into a closer, deeper relationship with Jesus, trusting him more and more. That's why you pray specifically. One more reason, specific prayer can lead to a specific passage of scripture. When you're full of anxiety, one of the most powerful things you can do is to find a passage of scripture that fits your problem and what you're anxious about and make a prayer out of it. Some of you are like, how in the world would I find a scripture to fit the anxiety in my life? I don't know the Bible well enough to find that. Here's what you do, and I'm totally serious about this. You go to Google and you type in exactly what you're anxious about. And then you add these two words, Bible verse. And you will find many Bible verses and God will use one of those verses to speak into your life. Maybe uh, take a screenshot of that verse, put it on your phone or a mirror. And every day, just pray over it. Let me give you a few examples of how powerful this can be. Maybe you're really afraid of something right now. And Google might lead you to this verse, Psalm 23, verse 4, which says, even though I walk through the valley, the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And you just make that your prayer. God, I'm in this dark valley, but I will not be afraid because you're in control and good and with me. Or maybe you've made so many mistakes. You wonder if God can ever use your life, if, you have, if he has a purpose for your life. And so Google might lead you to this verse, Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And you just make a prayer out of that. God, I'm going to be confident in spite of the fact that I messed up. You're doing a good work in my life and you're not done with me and you will complete it in your time. Or maybe you wonder, is my anxiety ever going to leave me? Am I just going to carry this my whole life? And Google might lead you to 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And you just make that your prayer moment by moment. God, I'm casting my anxiety on you, all of it. And I'm going to position myself between trusting in your goodness and trusting that you are in control. And I'm going to just put it all in your hands.
Maybe if you've, if you've given up, it's time to start praying differently, to start praying specifically, because the more you pray specifically, the more God can ease your anxiety personally. So be specific and dig deep and, and try and get at the root of what you're anxious about, knowing that it shows God that you're serious and watch God grow your faith in his goodness as you trust him. And find a promise in scripture. Google a promise in scripture that fits your problem and make a prayer out of it. Put it on your phone or mirror or on the dash of your car. Keep trusting that God hears you and he's good and he's in control. I also want to invite you to click on the welcome button below me or the link in the chat and type out your specific prayer request. We have a prayer team that would be honored to pray for you. God can use our prayers to ease your personal anxiety. That's the beauty and the power of the church community. Maybe you'd like to have someone pray with you right now. You can click the live prayer button if you're watching in our online campus and one of our hosts will pray for you. Our online hosts are also available for prayer on Facebook. On both platforms, our host will stay afterward, after the service, and be available to pray for you. I want to say a prayer of peace over you. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you for this great scripture that gives us your blueprint for moving from anxiety to peace, from anxiety to calm. I ask you to do something fresh, something new in our life today. We present our request to you today. And with faith, we believe that we don't have to live in the prison of anxiety endlessly. We boldly, specifically, supernaturally ask for your peace. And may the peace of Christ rule in our hearts now, today, in this moment, and in the week ahead and the weeks that follow. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen.